welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It's a week full of exciting news as we now know the release date of Sonic Origins, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Splatoon 2, and the new PS Plus. Plus, we discuss the problem with the modern open world game and give some impressions on the return to Aliens Fireteam Elite. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Tired. I know we've been going on and on about really cool things that I've been eating on this, you know, the intro we do here for we've a couple always, of weeks now. Like <laughs> from the beginning, that's all we talk about is interesting things we've, we've actually before we actually start. So today, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of a certain show from the '90s and early 2000s. You know, a certain show starring a certain character. You know, he's a certain man. Uh, you know, he's from New Jersey. He's from the north side of New Jersey. You know, you, you know there's a certain show, you know, I like. And um, and in this show, they have this thing. They have a certain meat, right? Let's just uh, say they, 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 they eat do. a they certain do. And I've always wondered, like, huh, I wonder if that's just a, you know, a, a Jersey thing. You know, like maybe maybe it's just like only. No, I think they sell that meat in packages, obviously, around the world. Sure. Uh, I try to go and find some. Uh, to know, like, would I didn't you find a would you one. say that you woke up this morning to go find <laughs> I, some I, of this? I, <laughs> I, I did, I did, I did. Woken up this morning, uh, <laughs> and I went to go, you know, find some because I googled it. Like, oh, this store, this certain particular uh, red store, uh, that, you know, we we kind of know about, you know, or something like it's very red. Um, Has a mascot that's a dog, you know. I think it's a... I forgot what the dog is, actually. What is it? Bullseye. I think it's a terrier. Is it, no, is oh. it a bull? No. It I shares a name think... with a famous horse from an animated Disney film. Starring a cowboy and a space uh, uh, astronaut. We're off track. But basically... We're going to do that. This can go on forever. But basically... <laughs> we're having a whiteboard scene from another particular movie that's a parody of a movie. <laughs> I, that's good base is gonna happen but sad day couldn't find it couldn't find the special meat ah uh, couldn't find I, I the gabagool really, really really looking looking for it dude i was like i googled it and it was like it's in store you can, it said you can pick it up i was like oh i guess it's in store uh you know went in for it nothing didn't didn't find a single piece of gabagool so i just picked up like ah. another just type of meat that's similar but not the gabagool that i've been trying to have for a while now well, this went in a completely different direction because I was about to say, I know we've been talking about the the wild foods we've been eating every week instead of like every couple of weeks. But I was like, here I go again. I was about to apologize. And I'm like, no, I tried something really good. There's this ice cream mm-hmm. milk bar. It's called milk, mm. cereal milk ice cream. And it tastes like okay. the milk at the bottom of your bowl after you've eaten Frosted Flakes. So it has like Frosted Ooh. Flakes in it. It's real Ooh. good. Like, so like, let me tell you, like might be best store bought ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that that's good. That's I love, I'm like, I love Frosted whoa. Flakes. <laughs> I've heard multiple occasions that you know cinnamon toast crunch. Uh huh. It kind of you know that the cereal kind of if you put it with your milk, the cinnamon milk, it's kind of a horchata, you know. Yeah. Which. It's kind of similar, yeah, but horchata is like rice water with 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 cinnamon and sugar, so it's like. But I guess it is. You want a, a creamier, you know, because it's, it's milk. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, you just drink some cinnamon toast crunch after your cereal, but, eh, sort of similar, kind of similar, but I frosted uh, was it frosted flake milk is really good. Yeah, it, it's not specifically it frosted kinda... flakes, but it does taste like cereal milk with frosted flakes mm-hmm. turned into ice cream. And I had a moment where I was like a cartoon where I put the spoon in my mouth and my eyes started like rolling with like pictures of. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Oh, man. Imagine if like. I wonder what type of weird. I- There's a bunch of weird ice cream. Like the macaroni that. ice cream I tried a while back. I mean, I still need to try the uh, Hot Cheeto Mountain Dew. 
I still need to find. I didn't find that at all. I didn't even look. It's for all right. It I got you one. I should have done that. <laughs> I know. I was like, I thought, but I was like, I was at the store. I should have checked for it. But eh, you know. Yeah. Yo, why do why do all old people love uh, butter pecan ice cream? I don't know, but I like a butter pecan coffee creamer. They love the ice cream. I'm telling you, once you hit like 50, dude, you look. They, they just love butter pecan. That's the only ice cream they get. The reason I'm saying this is because I went to a certain ice cream store that we know, and you you were able to buy just like actual like ice cream truck tubs full of ice cream, and I would say that everyone that I knew that were old would always get the butter pecan one, even though there's multiple flavors. That's the one they would always get. That's interesting. I like the flavor of butter pecan. It's not too bad. What what were we talking about on this podcast again? This should just be a different type of podcast at this point. We should talk about the weird food we have in the past week. It's it's become a segment as of late, but I digress. We digress. This is Markers on the Map, Robert. You know that weekly gaming podcast adventure? Yeah, where we occasionally talk about food. Occasionally. More so often than <laughs> lately than, than ever. Because, I don't I know, it's just something about much. this year. They're always coming out with a bunch of cool new stuff to try and you know me cool I'm, I'm like always for it so uh but we do have a gaming podcast to get to and with that being said as usual i am your host my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host the man of the myth of the legend robert himself and to robert i always ask the same question how you doing huh let me think let me think about that one. It's it's sort of a, a you know you know what philosophy you know how am I actually feeling? No, I'm I'm feeling all right. You know, all right week, pretty good. Uh, some things uh just coming up, which is just like I have to just take care of it. But other than that, it's pretty much been all right. It's been pretty good. How about you? I've been really busy. So like. We're actually recording on a on a different day from usual, a little earlier, a little impromptu recording because I've been so busy that I just need to be able to relax for a few days and get the podcast all edited. So here we are at yeah. uh, our, our our most recent episode just launched, but we're already getting next week or this 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 episode ready for you. Um, but you know, I've been keeping up with my games. We've played a few things this week, which doesn't get to happen that often because of our ooh, schedules. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, quick, ooh. Guess what I bought today? What did you buy today? So, uh, McFarlane released another wave of Mortal Kombat figures. Oh. Guess which spawn they released an actual figure form. Which spawn did they release an actual figure form? The only other one they got, Commando Spawn. Because they had that statue that I bought a, like a year ago. A year, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But it was a statue. I thought it was a figure. So I was like, oh, I guess, you know, statue's still cool. But they finally released a figure of it. So I bought it. To, I woke up this morning and bought it today. Not to just to bring it back to the original thing we were talking about. You woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. So before we get to news this week, Robert, I've had something on my mind for a couple of episodes now that I thought we could dedicate mm-hmm. some time to maybe discussing. It's kind of a it's a game related topic, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with playing a game or necessarily news. And I've wanted to kind of put it at the beginning of an episode rather than the end because I think it's kind of you know pertinent so yeah I, I it's something i call the open world problem and it's something that i've just been it's been rattling around in my head since i've been playing elden ring so before we get to news today i thought we might go ahead and talk about that for a second we'll talk about it so we know that in say the past six or seven years open world games have been like the dominant triple a game they're kind of stagnant at this point the market has been oversaturated with them we saw it coming Years ago, yeah, we saw it it's, coming. Once, once it kind of became uh, the thing of the early 2000s where in order for it to be, to be even considered as, like, top tier... It, it, it's so... Think about it like this. Back in the day when Open World started, it basically made it seem like that was like, oh, this is a good premium game. Like, you can do whatever you want, Open World. Like, yeah. examples, imagine if you took Metal Gear Solid 3, you know, really gr- one of the best games, honestly, ever. But if it was, like, open world and you could do whatever you want, then I think most people would look at it like, oh, look at this, an open world game. Which Eventually the of, series did kind of progress. Yeah, 
the point is is that when you said open world back in the day it kind of had like a this is a premium type game. this is a game that you know took a lot of time and effort that you know there's some money and the, there was some passion into this that like this is no ordinary like just kind of run-of-the-mill game like it's a premium type this is where you know the the real yeah fancy games are at the triple a games of their time your Grand Theft Auto 3, but it was a simpler time. The The games exactly. were more mechanically simple. Um, the amount of activities that you can do in the games wasn't it, it, as as much in quantity as they are nowadays. Exactly. Now Nowadays, we have games like your your Ubisoft Open Worlds, which is, you know, the, the, the template for which most people seem to compare Open Worlds to. Or we have things that are more open-ended, like Breath of the Wild or Elden Ring, which take the stale attempts at making an open world and refresh them, make them more exciting. And then you have things that kind of tread between both things, like Horizon Forbidden West, which can let you explore on your own or can guide you, so there's accessibility things that happen there. You have Ghost of Tsushima, which is the what I think both of us consider the perfect refinement of the classic open world formula where gameplay yeah. and, you know, discovering things is so seamless that you don't have to keep referring to a map or anything. And part of the mm-hmm. genius of that is the guiding wind and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, like ghost is sort of, it, it's, it's a, it didn't do anything different, which I, I would say is that open world, but what it did different in the sense it was, make it simple and not too difficult you know it kind of doesn't give a really big bright yellow color like oh you can climb this but still yes. not too detailed into the map where you're just like i'm lost i don't know what to the do the map it's... didn't interfere with the gameplay in ghost of Tsushima. exactly it, it allowed you to stay in the game and be in the game without having to constantly check your map. You could if you wanted to, you know, hit your check boxes of fox dens and, and bandit camps or whatever, but you didn't have to. The guiding wind and the birds would always kind of point you in the right direction. Exactly. So open world games, like some are good, some are bad. Some are copy-paste, it seems. Some have towers you climb to unlock parts of the map. Horizon Forbidden West has it in forms of the tall necks. They're a little more puzzle-oriented, and they're, like, moving actual, you know, monsters on the screen. But it, it ultimately boils down to the same thing. Now, what I wanted to get at is that I have been playing Elden Ring, and I recently... I'm taking a break from it. I recently stopped because I got the Platinum and everything. Kind of did most mm-hmm. of the exploration, not all of it. But I have this thing with open-world games. Where when I start a new one, I am so excited to just go do every little single thing that the game has to offer. And this is probably something that doesn't necessarily affect everyone. And it might not necessarily affect me with every game. But I was so wanting to just go to every nook and cranny in Elden Ring and find every little secret I could find. Fight every boss, go to every optional dungeon and just explore the whole thing. And this is not anything bad against Elden Ring but about halfway through that I was like man you know what I really want to do get to the end of this game because there's other games I want to play and that's what I think is the problem with the open world game nowadays yeah I I, I get you 100% because I was doing that with a certain game that we'll probably talk about soon hopefully if it, it was my idea that I should take and look explore everything but it's sort of I saw this uh I can say a meme you know, showed me the way, but it was uh, a certain funny little dog that I like. Uh, a funny little yellow dog that I like. I really enjoy it. It's my favorite meme of, format of all time. But it's uh, the dog is uh, dressed as a clown, and it says me uh, me being in the game and having all the stuff that I hoarded that I would actually never use. And it's just like, yeah, that, that happens way too much, uh, way more than often than it really should, where you think that you need to explore everything, that you need to get every single item and, like, hoard onto it, and, like, you know, oh, I gotta keep, you know, hold, hold onto this, is gonna be, and you just never use it, and then you beat the game, or you move on, and it's like, you never used it, and so I was like, yeah, I should stop trying to collect everything, like, obviously, if I'm gonna apply it and it's requirement, but... I, I understand exploring and stuff like that. I guess, you know, that's how you find secrets. But I think if something's worth it, most people have already found it out and you'll learn about it eventually and look for it for yourself. Yeah, and I, I, I've noticed a trend in open world games not requiring you to get 100% for it, like a platinum trophy, like back in mm-hmm. the day. Like, 
Prototype 2, I remember you had to get everything, I'm pretty sure, to get the 100%. Maybe even beat it on higher difficulties, although I cannot remember for sure. But with something like Horizon Forbidden West, I think you can get the Platinum at like 50 or 60% total completion. Mm -hmm. Um, Elden Ring, obviously, most of the game is optional, um, believe it or not. And you only need maybe... I mean, you need all the major bosses and optional bosses, but you don't need to go fight all 100-plus bosses or do all 100-plus, you know, side things in, in Elden Ring. You don't even need to fulfill more than a couple of side quests. But it, it's it's the issue I take here, not not with Elden Ring per se, but with all these games, is that at the start, I am so invested in everything that I wonder if that's such a... I wonder if it reflects negatively on the rest of the game through the player's perception if they get sick of collecting a bunch of things because the game is so invested in making them think that they need to get everything that it ruins the back half of the game. That's what I'm thinking. Like, does that happen? Because when I was towards the end of Forbidden West, I was like, I am so done playing this game right now. And it was le- it was either because Elden Ring was right there or because I was just sick of trying to collect everything. But the games put so much emphasis on what you can do these missions, those missions, and get XP from this, get XP from that from the get-go, that I think it's to the game's detriment that the back half of a game might, you know, fall in favorability. Yeah, I would I would definitely say the reason why I get kind of sick and tired of exploring. And what it is is, I guess the idea is, my problem is when certain items are required to, to make the game keep going forward keep it you know the story mm. going and you have to unlock it and so you is not an option to explore you have to explore to find these certain like certain type of materials or stuff like that which i i will say a game should always have a bare bones minimum and shouldn't require you to actually like go hunting every now and then to find a certain material to upgrade a certain item or to unlock something see this is why that easy loot system in horizon worked so well because upgrading your weapons took a variety of materials from certain enemies that you had to like accurately shoot off parts of their body to get and if you turn on the easy loot, it just gives them to you so you can upgrade it and keep the story moving forward. Now, I understand certain things being locked off by the plot. Most games tend not to do that anymore nowadays. But if you're looking for something to upgrade and you have to go grind things out, and it's a terrible example, but Deadly Premonition 2 did some things where you had to grind out missions or like grind out animals that like only spawned in one like some alligators that only spawned a few at a time so you had to leave the general area and come back and they were that, like but that's a bad example but when when your progress is being gated off by just going in the open world and beating 10 of these things for upgrade material and then that mm-hmm. upgrade material is like gives your weapon a plus one or something i can see that like the, obviously for me that turns into it to an issue but again it's like is that going to tank how somebody views the game? It could. Is it going to make the back half of the game seem worse than the front half? Probably, because you've been doing it so much, you're bored of it by then. You can only make doing a couple of tasks fun so many times before you start to get sick of it. It's just it's just a big problem when it comes to open world with that. It's just... A lot of it is just it's no longer... isn't Like I said, it's no longer a, a, a premium word anymore. It's not like, oh, this is a... A big budget game is just like, eh, yeah, open. It's a, what type of it is it? Open world, okay. And like I said, most collecting everything is just like. Some of it is also I give it. It's just kind of dead space. Like even even though it, they could say it's it's so big, most of it is just really really just dead space. And like GTA Five is an example of that. Where yeah, whatever big city, but honestly, how much of it has people actually explored? And especially like the northern end of the map where it's like. No, not a lot of people go there, even yeah. though the southern part people know it, but the northern end, they're just like, I've never really been there. So that's my point with that, too. It's just like, even though it's a big open world, most of it is just like not even used. It's just kind of just space. Yeah. That's all it really is. And we've said it multiple times on this podcast. Smaller open world, but more dense is always the way to go with these types of things. I would definitely, yeah, much better than... Because I'm telling you, imagine if GTA Five was just... At a certain point, they cut off a certain part of the map and then just made the rest of it more detailed. Yeah. It would have been a bit 
better because even the stuff that's really heavily dense and detailed there's still things that's like still seems kind of like a background of, a, of the story mode instead of it being a, li- a living breathing city and when it comes to Elden Ring it's really big it's extremely dense everything seems like it's there for a reason but you are still playing the same game for a hundred hours and I don't think any game in my opinion most games aren't going to be, you know, super duper satisfying for, mm-hmm. you know, Elden Ring is the exception. I was very satisfied the whole way through, but I also sped up how I was playing the game about halfway through. I was no longer searching out every little cave. I was like, you know what? This is something I can do in the post game since you don't automatically get put into a new game plus. But it was the same mm-hmm. with Horizon. Once I once I discovered how much more fun the game was when I put on the easy loot and the easy difficulty, basically, I was like, you know, I was I was having more fun then rather than grinding <laughs> things out and like oh, I got to make sure I hunt this particular um, mechanical beasts this far away from the camp so that I can get a thing maybe that might upgrade my bow and arrow. It's like no, keep it moving. Like when your game starts grinding to a halt, literally with all the grinding. That's mm-hmm. when that's when we lose, and a lot of open world games do that. There are some that are moving away from that. Elden Ring is a good example. Um, Spider Man was a great example of that. Ghost of Tsushima doesn't put too much reliance on crafting because the materials are abundant and it doesn't take any time to collect them at all. Um, and I'm hoping Breath of the Wild too kind of does away with some of the redundancies, the the cooking. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the cooking. You know I'm not a fan of the weapon durability, so there should be a toggle for that on on Breath of the Wild too. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna wait and see for that. But yeah, open world problem—it's something that's been rattling around because I really enjoyed Elden Ring, but I also see that I rushed through the the back half of that game. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you want to talk about some news now? I guess we could yeah start discussing the news of the, whatever's right. going on. This one's a big one. Last year, I believe it was May, Sonic Origins was announced at the Sonic Central event. This is a collection of Ooh. Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3 and & Knuckles, and Sonic CD. They have been officially revealed with a brand new animated trailer and the news that headcanon developers of Sonic Mania are working on the game. Now, what's special about this release is that these are new remasters of 1, 2, 3 and & Knuckles mm-hmm. and CD. They are in widescreen, I believe, for the first time. Aside from 1 and 2 and CD had iOS ports, I think those were in widescreen too. But Sonic 3 and Knuckles in widescreen for the very first time. This game's coming out in June. I believe it is $40, $45 for the digital deluxe. But it came along with something that anybody who's listening to a game podcast or been on a game site has seen at this point. Uh, a pre-order <laughs> bonus map, oh, basically. Man. So there are two versions of this game, a standard edition for 40 and a digital deluxe for for 45. But we've got five little boxes that tell us what comes with each thing. A start dash pack, a premium fun pack, a classic music pack. Those are all going to be separate things, I guess, except for the start dash, which is a pre-order bonus. And I think the missing ones from the digital deluxe are from that pre-order bonus. So if you buy the $5 extra version, you get everything. But these are things like character animations in the main menu like why is that a bonus (laughs) this is like a gold platinum hyper platinum diamond edition type thing for a a, what amounts to five dollars of downloadable content (laughs) yeah my thing is the the music one the classic song pack what does it mean by that i think it's it's music i believe from other genesis titles not not sonic particularly and i i was I was going to bring up the music. We don't know. But I don't I'm hoping, I'm hoping with all my might that that Sonic 3 and Knuckles comes fresh with the original Ice Cap Zone music. Eh, maybe. Uh, possibility is, I mean, anything's possible, but I doubt it'll happen, honestly. There's something to me that just says that it won't happen. I will be so sad. I mean, this has got to be the coolest Sonic thing that's ever come out. And that includes Mania. Like, this is going to be good. But mm-hmm. I, I really, really... Yeah, if you're a long-time listener of this show, 
back before Sonic Central every week. I said, Sega, please re-release Sonic 3 Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. We're halfway there, Robert. And we're getting a new remaster of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. That's still good. We're getting an original remaster widescreen. Yeah, and I think in this collection, you can play as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles in all three of the games. I, I believe that was a thing that they showed in the trailer. You just choose your character in any of the games because it showed Knuckles in the... Um, the second level of Sonic 1, and I was like, oh, they're going to let you play as Knuckles in the old ones, too. So, I'm really looking forward to this. Got an awesome box art. I hope there's a physical edition coming, but right now it seems to be digital only. Um, Sega, physical edition, please. And this should have come out with the movie, because I already want to play this. Oh, if it actually came out during the movie? Could you imagine if it released day and date? (laughs) I mean... Granted, I guess Tekken is not a movie tie-in, so it wouldn't make sense. But it still would have been nice to have the movie and a game to go along with it. Yeah. You know? And one other thing I got on that. Sonic CD. There are two sets of music for that game, too. I'm assuming they'll both be in there. Um, One of them is really cool. The other one is fine. I can't remember if it's the English version or the Japanese music that that is really cool. But, like, have you ever played Sonic CD? No, and I think Sonic CD is not available that often. It's not. It, it's not. Everywhere. There was an iOS version. There was a PS3 version that I had, but it was never released on the PS4 until now, of course. But um, I, I believe Sonic CD was, was the original concept for Sonic the Hedgehog, so things mm-hmm. are a lot more labyrinthine and maze-like. There's a few levels in Mania that are pulled from CD, and they have a different feel than the other levels they're not very straightforward they're almost they're easier than sonic 3 and knuckles but more maze like i guess is the is the way to put it like sonic 3 and knuckles is an exploring game but sonic cd is more complex but still you know go fast (laughs) i forgot which one was it was oh what was it i think i feel like there's something there's some lore behind cd where i believe I forgot what it was. Either CD was going to be something else or it was meant to be actually numbered as Sonic 4. It was just it was something. And I remember it being like this whole lore. It's been so, such a, a long time since I thought about Sonic CD. Yeah. I forgot that, that was even a, there was even a version like that that was out there. I'm just glad they're putting it on this collection because that of the three, I think that's the one I've been able to beat legit versus using the rewind function in like the Sega Classics collection. So... I am really looking forward to this. This is this is gonna be a good. This is a solid, solid work, Sega. Except for your DLC pre-order bonus nonsense. <laughs> Definitely makes me hopeful that more companies can put in classic bundles of multiple other classic games into one big bundle. Yes, and you know this is something that not many people probably hope for, but like maybe in the future, a Sonic Adventure or Sonic 3D collection. I know, mm-hmm. I know that's a controversial take, but like I could go for, you know, Adventure, Adventure Two, Shadow, Heroes, and may forget it. Oh six, all in one, all in one space. I'd be fine. <laughs> <Sonic 06. laughs> hey, if they put Sonic Oh Six on a modern platform, the worst part of it would be gone, which is the loading time. So, Sonic and the Secret Rings, baby. <laughs> Sonic and the Secret. Oh, imagine they put that in an entire bundle oh, the sonic so we cool. one big bundle sonic and the black knight <sighs> sonic and the secret rings sir knuckles come on sir knuckles you gotta do the, the cowboy one. Oh yeah for sure back that was a nintendo directory where it's still coming i can tell it's gonna happen i'm telling you it's gonna happen yeah anyway you know how we always talk about games being delayed on this year podcast every week all the time all the time well, Nintendo has announced something regarding Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It is not being delayed. As a matter of fact, they moved it up two months. Originally scheduled to launch in September, this massive JRPG from Monolith Soft is now coming out in July. What? Mm, okay. July, so... When, when was the original date? It was... September. September, and now July. It's pretty pretty decent amount of time to put you know to to because i I can see weeks yeah but these are like entire months 
that tells me that this game was ready and Nintendo pulled one of their classic we'll show it when it's ready and then release it soon type of things. But now it's coming out two months sooner. So you have to wonder, well, what was coming out in July that got delayed? I know, Splatoon 3. Because Splatoon 3 finally got its revealed release date and it's coming out September 9th. Oh, okay, I remember. They it did, wasn't they did specifically said when Splatoon 3 was coming out, but we can assume based on Xenoblade being moved literally two months for this big of a game and Splatoon coming out in September instead, that this is probably to make a July game available and then have Splatoon have that extra couple months of development time. It's not specifically said, but like we can surmise. I mean, there's a lot of things not said, but then years later are confirmed to be what was expected or what was the truth. So I don't deny this being years later where they was like, yeah, we needed more time on it. So we just switched the dates and we released this one because it was already ready to go. It could, it could happen. Definitely probably most likely what happened. So here's why this is a good thing <laughs> for me. Okay. I was going to get Xenoblade 3 because I'm going to try a fourth time to get into the series. Uh, in September. Uh, fourth time. I mean, X was cool, games. but you didn't get the mech suit until like 30 hours in, and then I couldn't figure out how to work it. Um, two is menus the game, and one is it just I got it at the wrong time. I was playing too much stuff. So three, it's got it, fourth time's the charm with with Xenoblade Chronicles three, um, but it's coming out before Soul Hackers two now, which means Soul Hackers wouldn't get in the way of Xenoblade. Xenoblade would get in the way of Soul Hackers. But I don't think I'll let myself... <laughs> I'm more excited for Soul Hackers, anyway. But that comes out in August. But um, now I won't be like, oh, I gotta stop playing Soul Hackers so I can play Xenoblade. I'd probably be more willing to put down Xenoblade for Soul Hackers. So I guess it's a selfish reason I'm glad <laughs> this game got moved two, two months earlier. Yeah, it's uh, selfish somewhat, but, you know, we don't really know what's made them but we could guess most likely our guesses will probably be confirmed yeah. later down the road but we'll we'll have to wait and see but i'm, I'm guessing it's because they need more time on one they just switched them around it all switcheroo yeah literally on the switch and i don't mind waiting a little longer for splatoon 3 it hasn't even been that long since since two i think it's only been mm-hmm. what five years which in hindsight seems like a long time but at the same time it's splatoon the gameplay is probably going to be more refined, but it's still, for a casual Splatoon player like me, boils down to like three minutes of painting the ground and maybe getting some kills on opponents and then three more minutes of that and then three more minutes of that for an hour and then you put it away for a couple of days. You come back to it. So I can wait for Splatoon 3. It's not. It's probably yeah. not going to be that much different. Yeah, we could wait. With that news though, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack got another DLC added to it. You can now play the Splatoon 2 Octo Expansion for free with the Expansion Pack. Now, <laughs> I read this on Twitter. Somebody said, someone said that the um, Expansion Pack is literally the Expansion Pack. Like, it's meant to give all the expansions. And I'm like, that's actually pretty clever. Because so far we've gotten Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, and now Splatoon 2. Um, as part of the Expansion Pack, along with your mm-hmm. Genesis games and N64 games. So, but... I actually already had the Octo expansion, so it wasn't actually that big of news for me. That was a hard DLC. One of the hardest I've ever played. Oh, man. I mean, I'm, I'm still very upset at how expensive that, that bundle and expansion gets. It went from 20 to, to almost 60 bucks, which is a pretty big uh, jump in price for, you know, Switch Online. I'm looking at what they've added so far what's rumored that's going to be added and what got added today and i'm like it's starting i mean it paid for itself as a mario kart 8 deluxe owner but it's starting and animal crossing but it's starting to kind of like really get big so um i'm thinking the next direct might have something cool in it here's the thing if if you don't renew your subscription is that mario kart 8 dlc still yours or do you have to no pay for it that's the drawback it's like exactly. PS Plus. If you don't renew your PS Plus, you do lose access to your PS Plus but, games. Yeah, but those are whole games instead of DLC. Yeah. Nintendo operates Which, differently than Sony. We know this. Yeah, it's it's sort of a problem there for me. Yeah. Because this is some expansions and access to 
a library of classic games that Nintendo is fully in control of what comes out and when. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, they kind of unceremoniously dropped three more Sega Genesis titles on the service like the day before we recorded this. Um, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force 2, and Sonic Spinball, baby. Sonic Spinball. I can't wait to play that Uh, right after we record. (laughs) Man, Sonic Spinball, I haven't. I thought I forgot about that game. Honestly, I forgot. Me too. Like, oh, I was yeah, like, "Wait a, a second, that that's a game that existed, and now I can play it with rewind." So, <laughs> I'm down for that. I can't remember if that was on the Sega Genesis collection or if it was just Sonic One and Two, and then Mean Bean Machine. I think it was. It was maybe. I, it might no, have been. No, I think I'm thinking a different collection. Oh yeah, it was. On, it was definitely on the Sonic collection games, like exactly, the Mega yeah. Collection. But I don't know if it was on the Genesis collection. But I don't think it was. I'm thinking I, a that's collection. always a interesting one to go back to. So, but it was kind of like, yeah, we dropped new three new Sega Genesis games on the service tonight. Have fun. There was no like lead up to it or anything. That's the thing about Nintendo: the Xenoblade announcement, the Splatoon announcement, and the Genesis games were all kind of just dropped in the early hours of the morning throughout this week. <laughs> That's a good thing, bad thing. It doesn't build hype, but at the same time, it might, it still might build hype because yeah. it's so you Nintendo. Know, people are going to learn about it. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is Nintendo. First time that Nintendo do something like that. It's like you. It's like those weeks where they make so many announcements, and they're like, "Why wasn't this in a direct?" True. They you know, need a Nintendo we direct. Had a direct in a minute. I know, a whole minute. Anyway, Persona twenty fifth anniversary is going on. And boy, oh boy, am I waiting for some Persona 6 news. That's why this week, this week, they have announced, prepare yourself, Persona mouthwash. That's not real, right? Are you joking? Is that real? It's real. No, you're you're joking, right? It's real. It's real. That's that's not real. It, it, It very much is real. Instead of Persona they Six, they announced some Persona Mouthwash, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm still. This is a bit, right? This ain't real. No, you'd know if it was a bit. I can't, bro. This can't be real. A mouthwash. Yeah, a mouthwash. Are you serious? I wasn't gonna put it in the news, but then I thought, you know what? We got some big news stories this week. What about something funny? Funny but true. Truth is stranger than fiction, and in the truth of this news story is that they are coming out with Persona Mouthwash. That is low-key sort of disrespectful. <laughs> um, Imagine me with my Persona flag in front of a computer screen saying, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, Persona 6, please. And then we get some Persona mouthwash. I don't think it was like ceremonious announcement or something, but I was just like, yeah. <laughs> there were threads about it on, on forums I visit. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> it's sort of, uh, it's like, it's a low-key disrespect because it's like Persona. Like if they're going to buy anything, we got to make them buy something mouthwash. Or it's like they're so dumb that they'll buy anything. It could just be straight up mouthwash and they'll still buy it because it's Persona related. Hey, 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 or, hey, hey, Who are you calling dumb? I'd buy that Persona mouthwash. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's it's any type of, any type of, you know, merch. They'll, if they make it a certain type, people will buy it. But still, I don't know about that one. I guess this is a good time to mention that in Japan they have a giant plush of classic Kirby for the 30th anniversary for like $260 US. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I really want that. They're not going to release it here? I have no clue. It comes with a little wand with a a modern Kirby plushie on it too that he can hold. They better release it because I don't see why not. If I buy it, Nintendo, can Sega please send me some of that Persona mouthwash? I wonder what the flavors are. Maybe it's like Ice Cap Zone with the original music. That's my favorite flavor. That's my favorite flavor. I don't know about that one. I don't know. I I think it's kind of weird that they're doing a mouthwash. Hey, man, it's Persona. We we love to see it. (laughs) Hey, guess what? What? They announced the release date. Tentatively, I guess, for that PS Plus upgrade in America, I think they're going to try and start mm-hmm. rolling it out on June 13th. I did see that. So this is that big one we talked about a few weeks ago that's going to be, I believe, what was it, 120 per year? And you get the 740 mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, PS1 through 4 and PSP games. Um, some PS5 games too, obviously, like Returnal and, and Miles Morales. But um, 
I can't wait to actually see how that works and what new stuff they're going to add to it. I'm sure we'll see some of that in the coming weeks, but at the same time, I'm like kind of excited. I want to know if they'll... The thing is, could you just upgrade and pay the difference, or are they expecting you to pay the full original price of the new one? You know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm like, thinking is it would be like the Nintendo Switch Online, where if you... Either they do it like that, where you get money off of the 50 if you have a currently running membership, but I'm feeling like they might just charge current plus users 60 because I believe if you're a current now user for 60 a year, you're just upgraded to the highest tier in June when the new thing launches. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. it might work the same way for plus. Either we'll get upgraded or we'll have to pay the $60 because we're not actually paying for now. We're paying for plus. So that's kind of iffy. It's up in the air right now. I don't know how that's going to work, but I have my guesses. Is it because like, you're technically playing for plus again because it's not it's not just that you're getting the the now added on you're also still playing for the plus now yeah like you're paying for the online even though you already have it will there be a difference in like since you already have the online we'll just charge you for the upgrade and then it'll be regular price after that in some way you know what i mean yeah i'm not saying it's a for sure thing because i have no clue but my best guess of how to transition people easily is to just have current plus members pay the 60 or something not the full 120 Mm -hmm. like that would be kind of unfair (laughs) because we have currently running plus memberships that go until november i'm pretty sure i know people that have like active plus memberships for yeah. like years they're not not for yeah. this it'll be like three years from now then it'll, it'll definitely expire because there's no limit to how many plus memberships you get if you know exactly. you're going to be playing your playstation two years from now have two years of plus there's going to be games coming out two years from now for the ps5 <laughs> exactly so it's like i wonder how i i, I definitely it's just it's simple easy just pay the difference and then you're done just make it, it fair sony just make it exactly. fair. last quick news story we have for the week is that Borderlands 3 finally getting full crossplay because Sony finally let them have full crossplay. <laughs> That's exciting. I forgot. That's yeah, something that, that could have happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I believe they missed their opportunity in the sense of. Well, we've, we've got a full game have, out now. Yeah, we have Wonderland. Yeah. We have we, Wonderland. We're kind of moving so on. Most people have moved on, so whoever's kind of staying behind was already the people who played Borderlands, the franchise, and they moved on to Wonderlands. There's not going to be much people playing Borderlands 3, which it's uh, it's just kind of like it should have been announced when the PS5 came out and those sort of, yeah. sort of upgrades were all coming out. I remember Sony was like not for the full-on crossplay stuff like that stuff from the beginning not just with borderlands but with some other games too so this is not a new thing that that they've that they've blocked that i think but at the same time wonderlands is the more focused experience it's it's pushing the series forward in all the correct ways and the end game is like incredible compared to even borderlands 3 which had a pretty decent end game but you know it 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 amounted to grinding things out whereas wonderlands is propelling you through combat where you don't have to go through full zones stuff like that Mm -hmm. so maybe too little too late but it's nice to see it's been many years since since borderlands 3 came out so this is nice to see i like when companies can get along (laughs) anyway we like to do a segment on the show before our nintendo direct rumor called pokemon drip we've been doing it for a couple of weeks now and every week we take a look at a character or two from pokemon games and we look at the clothes that they wear to rate them this week we're looking at the protagonists of pokemon sun and moon Their names are Elio and Celine. Let's look at this drip. Elio, I mean, he's pretty cool. It's not my favorite, but I think he's pretty cool. He's doing everything right. The shirt matches the shoes while the pants are different, which he's supposed to do is that if either if you all match, that's fine. Like it's all one solid color. That's okay. But your pants, like I said, should never match your shoes and never be the same color. It's the shirt and the shoes should complement one another. While the pants could be any type of other color. So obviously, sometimes you could go like if it's all light color theme, you wear some light color pants. But you can still wear some like really dark color pants and and still work with the, like a light shirt and some light shoes. It's just. So he he definitely did that right. I don't know if the red and blue combo, if it was just all black with the blue, would definitely work. I guess the red matches the Pokeball, but the hat 
also matches obviously his shoes. Yeah. Which granted matches and his And he's shirt. got one of the nicer hats that the Pokemon protagonist can wear. Like this is a really just mm-hmm. normal looking cool hat with a you know, a Pokeball symbol at the top. The shoes are, are kinda whack though. I ain't gonna lie. I like the colors. I do like they're, the colors. They're not really good design wise. They're I don't know who designed them, but that's not a really. It's like they're, I know they're trying to be like those like remember those uh, shoes like shoes that were like they had their toes on them they're like feet shoes. Yeah, kind of remind me the of climbing that, shoes, but like Fila, I think. Yeah, but they're like obviously I get this whole be like sporty shoes, but I don't know. They're, they're, I think they're like it was trying to be a certain era of shoes, and I don't yeah. think it just aged very well. But I think the shoes are different. And the pants, instead of having red, were just either solid or black. They would definitely be a much better outfit. I think I'm going to give Elio a four Badoofs out of five. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a just lot like of it works. Little things you can change here and there. Yeah, it works. It's just that maybe just have it one way and this way, and it it, it still be fine. It's not like it's it, it definitely like here's the thing. It would definitely make it better. But even if you took those little things away, it would it wouldn't make it like zero. It wouldn't make it like terrible. It's just like eh. You know, it would make it better, but it wouldn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. Now we're looking at Celine. Celine is actually one of my favorite base character designs because, of course, in Sun and Moon, it, it, it carries on that idea that you can change your character's look, hair, whatever, clothes to whatever you want. Um, I always liked the idea of Celine from Sun and Moon. We'll talk about Ultra next week, but uh, maybe you'll get this. I always thought the hat reminded me of Glove World from spongebob squarepants <laughs> for some reason every time i look at her hat i'm like if that's a gulf world hat. it looks like those um i don't know what they call them in the show but like they're kind of like their their world of flowers like the little like coral but it's yeah like at floor on top basically it reminds me of that but uh shirts i don't know the shirt kind of baggy but at the same time she feels like she belongs in Sun and Moon, but Elio kind of doesn't. She's definitely going for the Hawaii vibes that Sun and Moon give off. Elio looks like you could put him in any Pokemon game and he would be fine. I think the shoulders was bothering because they're super wide open, but then it's like it's a bow at the bottom and it all fits. Especially the, the not so baggy shorts where they're not the shirt's baggy but the shorts aren't, so it kinda gives a weird it gives a very weird just look to it as a whole instead of the shorts being long and baggy or even just long they're short and they fit compared to the shirt where it looks oversized and it's like it just doesn't work if you're gonna go baggy most things like all things have to be baggy and it's like some big old like shoes and not like skinny shoes like yeah some boots uh the shirt and the and the shoes uh Red is kind of, when it comes to shoes, you can kind of wear, like, all white. But mostly you wear, like, all black, black pants, a black shirt. Uh, Red is kind of a universal color, sort of similar to black and white, where you can just wear any type of thing and it'll go with it. But there are certain colors. I don't think yellow really works with it. But, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of just, like, there's some things that they could have done. Like I said, the shorts could have been baggy. I feel like this one's sort of, they could have just done something a little different and it would have worked way better than what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's like, just yeah. add this My thing character definitely that, didn't look better. like this. I could probably pull up Sun and Moon at some point and, and describe exactly how my character looked. But these, these are those games where you're like, you know what? If you don't like something, change it. Something we couldn't do with, you know, a, a Ruby or Sapphire or stuff like that. So I was always the positive like how- here. When it comes to both characters, it's always like I see this is where if they just had different designs, if they switch. So let's say like, well, wait till next week when we see the refinements of these two. (laughs) Yeah, but like baggy, I said definitely should have gone with baggy, and then the color, the laces should have been either white or black or or red to match with the with the other shoe. Like I guess the shoes match with the beanie. I don't know if you necessarily match your hat with your beanie. I know you can match your shirt if you're not wearing a jacket, but if you're wearing a jacket, your jacket and your shoes should complement. It doesn't have to be the same color, you just have to complement one another. Dang, you you really tear these things apart on Pokemon Rip. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been I've been like learning a little bit more about fashion what you do you've been like, studying the, the fashion and the drip the drip I, I i like i know like i don't know what's in all the time but i could give a guess of just like what goes with what like you don't wear uh like a high top sneaker like with yeah. some with some shorts because like it's of i should have kept telling like, what years these games came out in <laughs> i think this was like 17 Maybe. 
17? Oh, yeah. man. 2017. But, what, what was the fashion back then? It was... I mean, even still, I, I guess I can kind of see... I'm trying to remember that fashion because I, obviously I remember that. But uh, I can kind of see it as like, yeah, this was sort of the fashion of it. Like now, if we talk about if they made one now, definitely baggy is the way to go and just yeah. weird odd designs is just how of sort of the fashion industry is going yeah well four badoops out of five yeah i give them like i said it's just like things in here that they could switch out that yeah. would definitely make it better but it's not the worst designs i've seen and like always i do have a nintendo direct rumor and the circles on the last line on the page of this one are just so violently scribbled on i really i just don't know I don't know what this means. But rumor has it, there is a Mario game coming to the Nintendo Switch that's kind of like a Sims game. Where Mario can go around mm-hmm. building homes for people, you know, going back to his roots. And, you know, you design homes for toads or other residents of the Mushroom Kingdom. You can build castles, you can build fortresses. It's even said that you can go build homes for, like, Mario's classic enemies, like the Goombas or the Koopa Troopas. Or, you know, maybe some obscure characters. I Like, my money's not on obscure characters actually being in the game, because that's old Nintendo. But, like, maybe they could bring some of the classics back into new Nintendo. And, I don't know, I, I think this could work for a Mario game. I mean... It's not the first time. I mean, like, SimCity on the Super Nintendo had Mario references. Oh, they true. Had, like, Bowser. Like, the whole, like, you know, giant kaiju destroys the city. It was Bowser. So, it's not the... Technically, not the first time Mario's been in something like this. It could work where he's, you know... Maybe the plumbing business ain't going so well. So, now he has to go back to his old carpenter job. And now he has to run a business. And now everything's changed. He has to put it all together and kind of build a city. I'm hoping it's more chilled versus the hustle and bustle of you know a jurassic world evolution where you kind of have to monitor things like make it more like animal crossing to where you're not stressing out but i know some people like the micromanagement the moment to moment stuff so maybe have separate Mm -hmm. modes for stuff like that but i knowing nintendo this should be something that's kind of stress-free nintendo doesn't seem to be the type of company that will make a game that's like constantly stressing you to do something unless maybe it's like a mobile game like a mario kart tour but that's a mobile game yeah i mean i remember in sim city that if you didn't have certain stations at certain places uh crime would rise and stuff like that yeah, so SimCity is one of those things like this? if par- if the if the reactions of the people at this part of the park aren't good you're gonna lose a bunch of money in this attraction it's basically like, that's why i couldn't do jurassic world evolution maybe i will with help someday but like man i was like stressing out same thing with slime rancher it's supposed to be a fun relaxing game but i was stressing out because all my guys were leaping out of their cage or what i was like stop exactly so i mean we'll see i definitely could see it uh work uh more of a relaxing type like animal crossing kind of build your own maybe here and there maybe not as slowly paced as animal crossing where you're Mm -hmm. doing things and unlocking things every day but like not not overwhelmingly stressful you could do it yeah it it could be a balance somewhere and they could definitely find it and you know what a simple game deserves a simple name so we could call this the mushroom kingdom simulator (laughs) And in parentheses, build your own Mushroom Kingdom. The game for Switch, Nintendo Direct. Quick thoughts on Aliens Fire Team Elite before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, cool. we started definitely a game that we, I at least wanted to try because I, I think Alien is my favorite horror movie of all time. I love the Alien franchise. Uh, I said this during the time we were playing that I said the Alien uh comics in the game have better lore than the movies because after aliens alien 3 didn't add much to the lore for some this is it gets really weird and kind of messed up where i think they should have just kept it how all good you know maybe it lost its identity villains. yeah it's like all good for me at least all good horror villains are the ones that don't have a much a lot of information they're kind of in the shadows and there's not a lot of info they're just there's no rhyme or reason there's just like they're kind of so like aliens like oh they need to know there's like aliens exist and that's it and then i think we kind of have a different not not to 
change the subject or anything, we get right back to the game. I think we have a different opinion on that because do. I do like the exposition of a character. I do like knowing about the character and having them be part of the plot versus just them kind of being the monster like alien. But that's that's besides it. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation, but that's just the way I see it yeah. as it's better because when you know something and you know it, I guess, on a per- you kind of feel you know it on a personal level. But when you don't, what's obviously like what's for me, what a good horror movie does, it it, it makes you think and it makes you fear your thoughts because what's scarier than what's on the screen is what your brain can make up. I think anything could be good as long as the lore is good, right? Yeah, but I guess it's like if you're like imagine as a kid watching this and you see the the famous you know alien appearing scene and you're just like, well, what if that could happen to me? It's just sort of like yeah. you say, then you kind of psychs you out. That's what I'm saying, but. Uh, definitely Alien, uh, Fireteam Elite, a way less budgeted game, but I think it's done better than the Predator game, even though oh, that was yeah. like a first party license game. The the Predator game, I believe we talked about playing that for like five minutes, um, it was back when garbage. the Plus version came terrible. out, but the beta, oh my god, the beta back on PS4, sub 30, I was like, I'm what's like, going on here? Also, isometric multiplayer just isn't my thing asymmetric sorry asymmetric this is a much this is definitely what back for blood wanted to be but this is executing it much better because it's simple but it's not trying to be too much it's not being like you can customize your weapon but it won't be too difficult you don't have to customize individual weapons you have to buy no upgrades you can just unlock them and and have them there and they'll always be there they're not going to change depending on the there's no card system the only cards that are there challenge cards cards that are just optional things that bonus yeah they're bonuses and stuff like that uh obviously i will say yeah the difficulty does get it does get pretty high it does get very but i think if you're playing with at least two other uh you know humans at least versus two the players, ai yeah you, if you play the with at ai least gets someone, useless about halfway through chapter two <laughs> yeah it's like once you start playing with who are actually like confident they kind of know what's to do with what's going on they're not you know they're, they're not laying back but they're also not trying super hard they're just kind of saying focus but still having a, a, a good time it's just like it, it'll it's it's a, it's a nice fun game i understand we discussed that it has not as much uh mission design in the sense of like you don't it's well, kind yeah, of the it's, same it's, type it's of the mission. same mission it's just the difficulty will get higher it's not there's not going to throw curveballs at you so you can really kind of refine how you go through these missions i think that's fine i think most people need to understand that that's most games honestly you look at mario it's just get from one end of yeah, the mission how are to you the gonna other get by better at from. doing but this level they could they obviously add stuff to it to make it different and it keeps people interested. They could definitely do that with this where it's gonna be the same mission, but add different things like the environments and the sort of enemies and placements and how, you know, add this and maybe surprise and catch some players off and stuff like that. I will say that they definitely should fix the difficulty, shouldn't be as difficult as it um, really yeah. is. But on standard, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. But it is I think <laughs> Cha- like i guess we could have cha- chapter one we did manage to go through it but towards the end it was difficult where it's like yeah if any of us messed up at the end it yeah. definitely could have been like all over what i've always 100%. said about this game is that the levels should have been divided up into maybe two or three levels each or at least had some checkpoints or safe points because if your team goes down all at once and nobody's able to revive you will have to start from the beginning and another thing i'll say is that I've played this game twice before we started our playthrough. I've not had more much I I've not had more fun on this game than when we were playing <laughs> because it just seems like it's a game you want to talk through and you know be able to coordinate with people versus playing with randoms and you don't know what they're thinking and they don't know what you're or thinking. AI. Or AI yeah, which it's... definitely like even the game tells you AI isn't going to be good on anything above standard and even on standard they're like nope. <laughs> No, yeah. Um, when it when it comes to this game, it's way more fun with people. Honestly, it, it executed pretty well. It being a budget title, it's honestly not that bad. Definitely better than Colonial Marines when that came out, like back in like two thousand, like ah, uh, the famous Gearbox presents Aliens Colonial, Colonial Marines. Marines. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster. But uh, I definitely agree that each episode should have had chapters in it. You look at Life or Dead; it has movies. They're considered movies, and each yeah. movie has an episode, but but the movie has different chapters. And even if you 
perish in a certain point of the thing, I believe there are still checkpoints. So they definitely should have added a checkpoint. This game's in dire need of checkpoints. I mean, it's been months since this came out. Will they ever add checkpoints? Probably not, but it so needs them. Here, how about this? It's sort of like, I can understand maybe they'll never add it to this, but if there's a sequel, Fire, uh, Fire Team Elite 2... And it's you know way more levels, more design, more characters, way more character design, and obviously they add a lot of things. They could make it work. They could because it's not a bad game at all. It's honestly not. I no, think it's mechanically it's very definitely good. better than Back for Blood. And people were anticipating and hyping Back oh, for man, Blood, we, but we know as, how we as feel about two Back people who have pay, played Back for Blood and this now, it's definitely safe to say that. I mean, I said it back when Fire Team Elite came out, and I got it. I'm like, this is way better than Back for Blood. It might be brutally difficult but like at least it's not boring <laughs> no yeah it's like it's just so many things back for blood did wrong like, even alien the hud and the like kind of like where you're at and just kind of like that it's yeah. so simple but it's not difficult to understand and you don't have to go to certain areas you just press the start to you can literally press the pause menu and start your mission from there sometimes all you need is area. a little double a game to to really hit the spot the one I, I just had a really weird like feature in my game i don't know if you got it too a really what? It's like a weird, like a weird, like I don't know what it is. Like when whenever I see an alien, and then it's like the big like drone. It'll be like, oh, it's like all right, oh. it does that. <laughs> all right, that those a uh, terrible joke, but uh, we have this ongoing joke. He's it's funny. Oh. So every time, it's funny to imagine, ah, it's like, think about it, just like, this alien is killing, ah, it's like, I love it. I I could definitely see that. Well, I think it's safe to say we'll be playing this for a while because our work schedule is conflict, so we never get to play, but when we do, we always play something fun. We'll, We'll play more of it. Yeah. So for right now. Would you say we've done an episode? Yeah, that's a wrap of what's going on this week. Um, Next week, I think I might actually say what we're talking about. I think we're going to talk about Wonderlands, and I think we're going to talk about Force Unleashed for Switch. I think I'll bring that up next week. So for right now, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. As always, you can follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map to get all our links to our podcast episodes, which you can hear on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. Thank you for anyone who listens, and please interact with our Twitter. So I guess there's not too much left to say, except something I feel like I might have said last week, and I feel like I might say next week. But that's that the real Naruto SD powerful Shippuden was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.